You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit Patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Uh, we we gripe and complain a lot right now, don't we, Matt? Because we got to talk about deer for an hour when we've been constantly thinking about turkeys. Yeah, it, you know, tur- my turkey season's winding down, and I was in my garage the other day, and I was messing with my trail cameras, seeing how many I had, and I got pretty fired up about yeah. the upcoming season and uh, kind of how I want to prep for it, get ready for it. And I know we've talked. It's like, hey, what do, what do we talk about? you know, this week, you know, last week we had an awesome episode with J-Bo talking about his, his deer and what a great story that was, but I don't know. Well, we won't get too much into the stories telling tonight, I guess, Parker, it's just going to be me and you just chatting back and forth on, I guess what we expect from this season, uh, what we're going to do to reach those expectations and just, you know, everything in the middle. Yeah, and and the thing is, you know, we're, we're getting into that time of the season, that time of the year where uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I'm not done thinking about turkeys. Like I'm, I'm in it to win it. I still got a, about a shoot, little less than a month left of turkey hunting to do. Um, yeah, you, you're traveling. You're about to start hitting the road, though, right? Yeah, and I wish I would have done it earlier. I wish I would. I wish I was leaving about right now. Uh, to head out somewhere western, you know, even a state like Missouri or something like that, I would love to to go over there. But it just seems like uh, our birds down here just kind of not – they're done. They're sprung. They sprung out. Um, and so it, it 
it doesn't mean that you're not going to find turkeys gobbling. You surely can. It just is a lot harder. It's a lot harder to find unpressured turkeys around here, especially on the public that we got to hunt. Most every bird's been messed with. Um, and so it just makes it a little bit difficult. Um, and so I'm, I'm in it, you know, I'm, I'm in it, but I did find myself, you know, like, like, like I just said, it's getting really slow in the turkey woods right now as far as turkey hunting goes. But the last time I went, um, I found myself deer scouting a, lot, a little bit more because I just wasn't hearing any turkeys gobbling. It's kind of like, well, you know, I'm here, might as well do something. I went into this beautiful spot in a, in a part of, a part of this public area that I had never really even been within probably five miles of. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we talked about last year or this past fall has been the, was the lack of acorns that we were finding on the ground. And, uh, I found this little hole in this spot that had a ton of acorns on the ground, older acorns and holes and stuff like that. And obviously there's a chance that that tree is probably not going to be the hot feed tree next year, but what it did tell me was in that area, there was a white oak that was dropping. Um, and so, you know, I was just kind of noticing that and like, man, that would have been great to know about this spot. And then uh, I started finding, I found the bluff gap actually between two big rocks. Uh, I was following this deer trail to kind of get around and I started working it and just following the trail. And I thought, you know, I'll bet there's a rub right here on this creek crossing. Sure enough, there was a, a rub on the creek crossing. So I was like, I'm going to keep going a little bit further. So I walked up, up the ridge into it. It wasn't quite a bluff gap, but it was kind of a drainage uh, between two steep uh, hillsides. And the trail went up there. There was a rub right there um, where it first started going up. Then I get up to the top and I jump this gargantuan deer up. And it runs off and runs off of the public and onto private. But he was embedded in a perfect spot. And so I was like, man, I'm going to get up there. So I walked up there to the bed and there just happened to be like a fire break right there um, that he crossed over. And the fire break didn't have any grass on it or anything. It was like mud. And I found his track and that track was giant. <laughs> I mean, probably, I mean, granted it was a running track because he had just made it and watched him do it. But it was a big, huge track. Um, yeah, you you know, you know real yeah. quick. Yeah, and so I'm like, well, cool. You know, I got a beat on a buck. It's a, probably a pretty good buck. I could tell he had bases um, kind of growing, it looked like. Um, yeah, they're they're growing for sure. I've got them on camera. Yeah. He, you know, you couldn't obviously tell much about him this time of year, but it did get me, it got me in a, in a good, a good mood for it. And I started... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell all the details yet, but um, as of uh, last week, deer season got a lot more interesting for me. Uh, this upcoming season, I'm going to be able to be traveling a little bit more. We'll save all that for later. I'll talk about that at some point. Um, and so that's got me excited, you know, planning that out and planning a lot of, a lot of new places to hunt this year. So I'm right there with you, dude. Um I'm I'm getting I'm getting there, definitely getting there. Uh, you look, stay on, stay on. The only reason I'm where I'm at is I may have two, I might have two more chances to turkey hunt, and after that I'm, you know, I'm on to the deer, deer stuff. But I, I, I did I show you, um, the uh, what happened to my truck camera last week? Did you see that? No, I I don't believe so. so. 
so I've left this cell camera out since uh, it's been out since September. Um, you know, so I'm constantly getting pictures from the cell camera. Well, right before turkey season, I went and put out a mineral lick. I freshened it up, put put trophy rock, you know, some um, what's that other stuff called? I forgot. But anyways, threw it out there, smelled real good, and um, been getting pictures, been getting pictures. My two shooter bucks, they're back together in bachelor groups. They're growing, you know. I can see see their bases growing, and everything. And the I decided to go turkey hunting that evening out there. It was the best turkey spot last year. I was like, I'm just gonna go check it out. So I'm walking out there. And I'm looking like where my camera usually is. It's not on the tree. And there was a big red oak that was like 10 feet by it that blew down that night and hit the side of that tree and scraped my camera off the side of this tree and smashed my, my Moultrie drone camera. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So there, there, the antenna's broken. Batteries are everywhere. Battery tray's knocked out. It's intact, but it won't hold the battery tray, and it would need a new antenna. I haven't messed with it too much, but... Going off of that, I, I got to the house and started un, unpacking all my cameras and checking out how many cameras um, I have. And if, if y'all have listened long enough while I've been on the podcast, y'all, y'all know that I like trail cameras. I like running them. I like checking them. I like cell cameras. I like regular cameras that just sit in the woods for a full year and you get a full inventory, um, all that stuff. So I'm in the process of getting all my cameras ready. I ended up counting my cameras. You know how many cameras I have, Parker? Well, let me guess. I'm going to say 17. I have 22. 22. So I've got 22, and I think I think 17 of them are non-cellular cameras, and the rest are cell cameras. So my goal right now is to have uh, 10 of them out by the end of June. Yeah. And I think I'm going to let those 10 soak from June to mid-October. And just to give me an idea of some areas, because I'm going lo- to locate a big buck this year. Um, I know you and I talked about it from where you like to hunt. We, You know they're in there, but we've mm-hmm. never – you only get to lay eyes on like once or twice, and that's your opportunity. Um, but knowing knowing where they are, knowing how they live, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty a big deal. But even on the turkey front, you said you were walking around the other day, started finding sites. I've been finding beds like crazy. Yeah. Um. Used used to. I didn't know how to find deer bed. I didn't know what it looked like. That was foreign to me. I didn't know. Hey, there's hair. You know, they're here. And so I get excited thinking I may find a shed. And I did. I did find a shed on public uh, the other day. It's tiny little sucker. Um. But he's gonna but grow just, up. He's gonna yeah, grow up one day. He may. He may be the one. That's my dad. My dad used to sing me a song when I was a little boy. It's the Roly Poly song. You know that one. He's like, oh, he's going to grow oh, wow. up to be a man someday. He shot I've off his. Heard, I've never heard the Roly-Poly song. Well, I know he no, we, we, it ain't that one. I ain't going to sing the whole thing. But but finding a shed of a young buck is still valuable information. Yeah, it, it shows. And it was right beside a thicket on a transition. Like, you, and, you know, all this stuff, you know, we can get into talking about tactics and Hey, what you, what do you need to do? What's the special way to rattle a buck in, or what's the 
dynamite combination. It's it's time in the woods, man. And you know, put yourself in the best spots, and we can keep hammering that into the ground, and our listeners can keep hearing the same thing. But you got to apply that, and I I see us each year trying to apply it more and more, and that's kind of what where I'm at right now, thinking wise for this season. You know, it's you know I could go I could go summer scouting, that would be great, but I'm I'm, I'm hot, you know, and and we're gonna be hot in September hunting anyway, so let's save that for then. Um, and I and I'm map scouting, and yeah, I may go to a couple areas that I've never been to and check them out. But my biggest thing right now is prepping, man, figuring out what kind of tweaks I can make on my system. You know, I, I had a pretty good system last year, and then, you know, as far as my filming gear, you know, I may may tweak that up just a little bit. But I, my biggest deal is how am I going to attack these deer? How am I going to go after them? Um, whether it be, hey, I need to do better with my scent control or I need to do better with my access routes, which that's a known, that, that is facts right there. Mm-hmm. I have to do better with my access. Um, I have too many stories from this year where access uh, messed me up. You know, I, sometimes I'll hunt over a corn pile on some private land. That's just asking for put a target on your forehead to where the deer know know when you come in and out. Mm-hmm. And that was that was my scenario. You know, I uh, I'm 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 kind of right there with you, dude. Like talking about access. Um, you know. I, I'm not going to say my access has been bad by any stretch. Uh, I, I don't, I, I think about my access pretty hard with all my spots, but I did have this year, um, this past season, you know, the, the, the issue was that there wasn't a whole lot of acres on the ground and, and deer were doing a little bit different things. They were kind of coming from different directions in the areas that I knew they were just kind of all over the place. It never felt like there was anything super consistent, and so I did feel like I got busted a little bit more this past season um, just on my access. Uh, I, I don't know that there was any of them that were deal breakers, but again, I don't know 100%. Like, there yeah. there could have been all kinds of 150-inch bucks coming in on my trail, you know? I'd never know. Uh, and so, so that's definitely one of the things, you know, going back to um, – kind of what I was talking about, scouting a lot during turkey season. Um, I'm sometimes jealous of guys who can just do one thing at a time. And by that, I mean, like, um, I'll say it this way. Our buddy Joey Bell, he he won't be offended by this. Our buddy Joey Bell, who helps co-host on the Limb Hanger podcast, he couldn't give crap about a deer. And so when he goes into turkey season, he is 100% completely focused on one thing, and that is turkeys. And I love turkey hunting. I absolutely love turkey hunting. I love deer hunting as well. And I don't know that I would be able to pick one or the other. Um, But I can tell you this, I'm doing both of them together most of the time. If I'm deer hunting and I find turkey sign, I'm marking that turkey sign. If I see turkeys, I'm remembering that and I'm marking those turkeys because I'm going to be glad I did come spring. Same thing for, for turkey season. I, you know, I've, you've got, I think that really makes it, it kind of gives you some, uh, I don't know. It, it rounds out your versatility. I think, uh, being able yep. to, being able to think about them both together at the same time. And so, 
Um, the great thing about that is, is a lot of times in Alabama during turkey season, it's uh, it is slow. I have a lot of slow days, and so it means that I'm not wasting any of that, and we don't have to drive that too hard into the ground um, because we've talked about it a lot about you know I I really truly think that's one of the greatest times to scout for deer is during the spring. Um, oh no. No doubt. The um, other thing, Matt, that I wanted to mention, you know, talking about things that I want to do differently, um, talking about your trail cameras, you know, that's something that I'm probably going to utilize a little bit more this year uh, for reasons we've talked about in the past. You know, I, I want to know. I want to know what what's there. I want to be able to have that confidence in the spot. And, and more than anything, um, I love early season hunting, uh, especially when – I can be successful in early season. Like to me, yeah. those are very that's meaningful. A, that's the thing that you've been beating in the ground, I guess the last two years really is, Hey, I want to be able to be successful in Alabama in the early season, you know, and, and where do you, where do you find guys that do that over and over again? Yeah, you um, don't, they're not there. There's not a it, lot it, of, it's hard because the deer are just, you know, kind of not there, but you know, I don't think I'll be in Alabama as much in the early season this year um, as I have been in previous years, just from what exposure I had to other states last year. And I've got a couple of bones to pick out there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but I'll, I'd be, I'd be curious to see, you know, once you start implementing those trail cameras, um, you know, I, I've seen guys use trail cameras and it changes the whole way they hunt. It's done that for me. Um, especially, you know, if I'm, know an area and it's like a deer hasn't been in here in four days you know i'm probably not going to go there but you know with you you haven't been using them if you went in there you know you wouldn't you don't know you don't know the odds of what a deer that walks by a 10 by 10 area you know what what it says you know i'm i'm i i want to use a trail camera and, and here's the thing like I'm way behind because most people listening to this use trail cameras probably more than I do. Um, there, there's, there's always been something, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit of arrogance or pride inside of me. That's like, I want to kill one without one. I don't want to, I don't want to use trail cameras cause I want to kill them without it. Um, and, and I still feel that way in a lot of ways. I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with them. It's just like kind of personal thing for me. Um, but what I'm learning is, is in the early season when it's 80 degrees still and deer just not moving a whole lot, um, I'm wasting a lot of time. <laughs> I'm wasting a lot of trips going to yeah. somewhere that I don't know that a buck has been there recently, you know, at least mm-hmm. somewhat recently. Cause I'm just going based on in early season feed sign more than anything in terrain features and trying to get tight to the places that I know are bedding. But I just want to be able to be effective and efficient in the time that I have. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like I'm narrowing down so much by going and hunting places. It's like, okay, knock that one off the list. Yeah, it takes you like three days to narrow down a spot. Yeah, to narrow down where deer might be moving at. When you'd like to know, you know, by the hour or, you know, by whenever you check your camera that, hey, these deer actually – in here using this and especially 
you know, on the acre crop bill with last year. I know um, my area was a little different than your area, but I also hunted. I had a target buck on private. I was trying to hunt, mess my whole early season up <laughs> as far as just really hunting. But, you know, outside of the early season last year, both both of our main areas we hunt for the rut just blew it. Yeah. They, they were out. So let's talk real quick on, you know, hey, I've got a I've got a spot that that I hunt year after year and then it it goes blank. You know, how how are we adapting? How did we adapt this year? Um I had a really hard time uh, moving around. I didn't have anything really planned. I was banking on that spot. Didn't really scout any other places. But uh, you were able to move around a good bit and, uh, you know, scrounge up a couple bucks. You know, you end up tagging out. Um, big deal. Um, but you, it wasn't the best hunting you've had. So let's let's just kind of talk about how you, you know, put your time in the woods, made your adjustments uh, for when somebody, you know, say – has one of their spots fall through that they either maybe the timber was cut or they lost permission or it's just it's not hot this year uh that that happens year after year do you want to know more about saddle hunting well you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs tethered is for saddle hunters by saddle hunters and they're redefining ultralight hunting if you know me you know that i love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment everything works together and we preach about it a lot on this podcast when you buy from tethered you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system saddles platforms ropes climbing sticks and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today that's tetherednation.com check them out Whether you're looking for a new knife for the field or the perfect everyday carry, you've got to check out Join or Die Knives from Richmond, Virginia. Join or Die is a small shop and a custom knife maker dedicated to creating handmade knives that are cut above the rest. They make custom handmade knives to fit any need from the field, the kitchen, or just an everyday carry. And they come in several different steel and finish options. They've also got a ton of options for the handle as well. Plus, if you don't see something you like, you can always order a completely custom knife forged to your exact specs. I highly recommend you check them out. Get yours at joinordieknives.com and use the code SGHUNT to save 10%. That's all uppercase, all one word, S-G-H-U-N-T. Well, first off, I want to say, you know, my biggest issue that I've had that I have got to fix before I step back in the woods after a whitetail has everything to do with target panic. And I was what three shots away from turning up what is, was a pretty tough year into one of my best seasons ever. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunities, you know, and between the buck that, that I lost in Kentucky uh, and the one that I missed, um, here in Alabama in December when my dad was here, you know, those, those were, those were some big deals. Like that, those were, those sucked pretty bad. And, um, and so those are the things that I'm, that I'm working on trying to fix more than anything, but 
going back to your original question, uh, you know, I think people get a, a lot of people that I know personally, even yourself, you just said it. Um, you kind of bank on one area and you're like, this area always produces, I'm going to keep going there year after year and expect the same results. And I don't think it takes a whole lot of years to figure out that that's not going to work. Um, and one of the things that's made me, that's helped me be able to adapt is I've, I've talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. And I didn't do it as much this year as I did, uh, or this past season as I did the season before that, but that's new spot Monday. And basically starting off my Mondays with a blank slate, unless I had a bead on a deer and I was after him. Um, that's always kind of the kicker, right? Like if, if, which didn't happen at all last season. So it really didn't work out that way. Uh, but on Mondays I would go and I, and I have a, I have a flexible schedule, right? Like I can, I can hunt Mondays, which is, which is a blessing. Right. But other people can do this too. do go to a new spot the first Saturday of every month or something like that. And just try, cause I promise you, if you keep going to different places, you're going to find more places. Um, yeah. And you're going to be able, I mean, it helps me whenever it comes to weather, right? Like sometimes it's going to be raining in one part of an area and then not in another part. So if one place is going to have great weather, well, then I can go to that place. And that's, that's all just pretty basic stuff. But when you're talking about, um, uh, especially in early season, because the time that you don't want to go and blow a whole bunch of your best spots is it's going to be in. October and so especially during early season I really stick to this new spot Monday um, because I'm using early season as a time for me to number one shoot does if I want to shoot one Um, and number two try to find the try to try to find these new places that could potentially hold some deer during the rut and you're able to go and get real-time information Um, sure you might burn a hunt but it's worth it um, in my opinion and so having that versatility, having that, um, that, that, uh, list of places, different places that you can go to, um, it's going to do a whole lot of, it's going to help you a whole lot. Like I, I basically will go anywhere within anywhere within probably an hour and a half of my house. Um, so just, I draw that that's drivable. That's drivable for a morning. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I mean, you can, if you live in central Alabama or somewhere like that, like you, there's a lot of places that you could potentially go to. Um, you can hit a lot. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. No, it, it, um, I like the new spot Monday thing. Cause I don't know. I, I get that way. Like, well, if I go here, you know, maybe I won't, I won't see anything, but what if, what if I go here and there, there were deer there that, the whole FOMO, the fear fear of missing out, you know. I struggle with that a lot. And even even going to a new spot and picking a tree, man, that's something that I want to do better this year is I, I get severe, um, I want to say anxiety, but uh, severe doubt when picking a tree um, in an area. You know, I'll stand somewhere for 20 minutes and just – walk from tree to tree to tree and what's that doing i'm just spreading my ground scent all over the my my bow you know range um 
and then those deer will smell me as soon as they come in there. So that's the efficiency of getting in the spot, picking a tree, and just trusting it. You know, a lot of times I, I say my, my feet, just follow your feet, um, and that'll lead you. You know, a deer is going to take the path of least resistance most of the time unless it's just in the stinking wide open. Um, so, you know, if you're – that's what a human does. You know, we're not going to just want to scale a mountain for the fun of it. Uh, you see how deer side side hill a, a mountain and, and just move move through these areas. So being able to adjust to that, really pick a tree is going to be my biggest biggest thing. I know we kind of took a turn um, from where we were to, to this, but that was just something that was on my mind that I'm wanting to improve on. Well, but part of, go ahead. I was just going to say to that point, that's kind of one of the things that I was thinking of. Um, this year, you know, I really start, I'm a real analytical person. You know this, Matt, because we talk a lot during deer season. Like I'm, I'm actively trying to figure these things out. Like I don't just cut my losses and like, Oh, well, didn't see a deer there. Let's mark that place off. I'm, I'm trying to figure these things out. And so one of the things that I noticed was, um, going back to something I've talked about a long time ago, uh, this like common denominators in a spot. Uh, where you that you consistently see deer at um, well I've been hunting I, I like to hunt terrain features that are on a on a hard edge right on a transition um, we, we've talked about that plenty uh, but what I find myself doing is most of the time choosing the hard edge as far as like vegetation over the terrain feature if I have to choose one or the other and, wow. and, and I would, I would set myself up to do that. One of the things that I noticed this year, I wouldn't say that deer were using those edges less by any stretch, but I noticed bucks particularly were choosing the terrain feature over the, the vegetation feature. And so that helped me a lot, especially later in the season um, when things started kind of coming together a little bit better, I started looking at, I started looking at things a little bit differently. Like, okay, I want to have this hard edge somewhere close by, but if I'm, if I have to set up to shoot one or the other, I would rather shoot this terrain feature that I feel like is going to funnel the movement to that hard edge because I feel like they're there, especially the bucks are kind of end up there more often than they do in the, in this edge that I'm in what any particular spot and so you know i i i've i've maybe kind of figured something out there for myself um that might help me you know especially uh especially during the rut be able to you know pinpoint these spots for the shot i noticed this year a lot of my shots a lot of the reason why i was struggling so bad was because i was set up um I was set up to shoot the wrong spot, and so I had a lot of bad angles. Uh, even the one decent buck that I did kill here in Alabama, it was still a bad angle. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was not by any means a a. a um, it was a successful hunt, but there was a lot of things that made that hunt like I. I screwed up a lot, right? And so, um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's. Those things are all, you know, talking about terrain features and 
um, and things like that. That's those are those are big things that are pretty important to me. And I was as I was walking uh, yesterday turkey hunting. Yesterday is when I did that when I jumped that big buck and stuff. And uh, right. when I was out there, I was really paying more attention to that. And I and I started noticing a lot of the sign in these features was a lot heavier than the sign uh, on the edges. And, uh, you know, just looking at those things every time, you know, I'm constantly adding to that, uh, to that knowledge, to that, yeah. to that piece. And like, yeah, you were going to say something learn. else. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to learn every time you go into the woods. I mean, yeah. I know some people just go, go walk in the woods, but you're, you're going to learn something, you know, especially from turkey hunting. It may not be, it's not deer season, it's turkey season. Yeah. But there's, no, there's something you can take away from it. You, you showed that, you know, you found a bed, Hey, there was a big buck in here, you know, put two and two together, come back to that later, uh, that year, um, when, when the season's actually in, but I, I kind of want to transition from, you know, us talking about our in the field experiences, uh, what we planned or what we want to improve on next year and kind of what we found. And I, I kind of want to talk about our setups. Um, I know we, we just love talking about, about gear and, and what we use, but, um, I, I, I'm going to change a couple things um, with what I'm I'm going to be taking in the woods next year, um, whether it be, you know, my bow set up, uh, my tree, you know, my saddle set up, whatever, my filming set up, just some of those things. It's going to improve my ability, I believe, uh, this coming season. So let's let's jump into that. And my biggest thing is you, you gave me a hard time about it this this past season. Um, and it's the, been the hot topic, I guess, for the last four years is arrow setup. Um, I shot two deer this year. Um, both of them I hit in the, in the knuckle of the shoulder, killed one of them, didn't find one of them. Um, so I'm going to be doing some changes to that. Um, probably put on a little heavier arrow. I still like shooting my mechanical. Um, I, I, I just, the, the blood trail, the cut, love it. And I think, you know, we've had this discussion too. We, we, we've thought before, Hey, we would both love to shoot a mechanical, but do the benefits outweigh, you know, the negatives. Um, like last year you had a situation that you wished you would have had a mechanical. And I had a situation where I wish I had a fixed plate. Um, so it's kind of funny, you know, us, us going back and forth each other. I think you gave me a little bit harder time <laughs> than I gave you, but, uh, just, just going to that. Are you, are you going to do anything different with your arrow or are you going to keep it the same? No, man, I'm not going to do anything different. Like to the, I guess, integrity of the arrow. Um, that was a jab by the way. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't pick it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, my my time that I wish that I had a mechanical this year, this past season, was when I gut shot a deer. So, um, my hope is just to not gut shoot deer. <laughs> that would be yeah. That would be the more beneficial thing to change. Um, but no, I'm the only thing I'm doing different is I'm gonna try to figure out uh, how to get a little bit lighter because I have such a short draw length. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've talked about it before. I've got a 26 and a half inch draw length, and so. My arrow is only like 550, I think is what it was this year, which is heavier than it's ever been. But my pin gaps are just too, 
it's too much. Like I, I have very little room for error with my shot um, because, like, if I miss if I miss range a, a deer at say it's thirty six yards and I shoot him for thirty two, then I'm probably missing that deer. Uh, and and I noticed that this year, you know, I I was not. I was not uh, very accurate. I think um, that's that's hard when you can't like float a pin or just have a little bit of, you know, two yards maybe six inches for you. Right. Um, and and, and that's never been. I don't know. It's it's not been that big of a deal. But I'm also dealing with target panic, like I talked about. Like it's just not a. It's just kind of a recipe for disaster. And so, I'm I'm still gonna prioritize the. The FOC of my arrow, you know, I still want it to be probably around that 15% range. Um, but I need to get my, I need to get my arrow under, under 500, I think, uh, yeah. to get as much. I, I I don't believe speed is the most important thing, but I do think it, it is decently important. And mine is just too slow. Help a little. Um, you said target panic. Uh, and it's just kind of evolved in my head while we were talking about that. We film, right? We self-film. We do our best to produce good content for the channel. We like to get the kill shot when we can get the kill shot. You know, there, there's times where, hey, it just didn't work out. It was either kill the deer or or spook the deer trying to move the camera. Um, if y'all, if any of y'all film, you understand. Ah, I, I I have had the target panic. But it was because I was filming. Yeah. Uh, because there's there's so much going on in that moment that honestly, you shooting the deer is the last thing that you're thinking about. Um, I've moved the camera last year. I've, I press record twice. You know, I may have had target panic with my camera. You know, I could have I hit record twice and missed a great opportunity for some good footage. You did that but, with the turkey too, right? Yeah, I did that with a turkey, with a stinging turkey too. It was a dang good video too, man. Dang good video, and then I double tapped it. But there's so much going on in the moment that I, I wonder if we've we press you, you're pressuring yourself too much then to get the shot on camera, which I've I've added the 360 this year, which I think that's going to help tremendously with bow hunts for me. I know it's worked great for you, but I mean. In these moments, like, I I just, it's hard for me not to think that filming has something to do with some of our target band. Yeah, well, for me, maybe it's the pressure of creating the film. It's not yeah. necessarily, it's not necessarily the film. I mean, I'm obviously, <laughs> if anybody's watched any of my videos, I obviously don't prioritize it over everything. Um, that's the main reason why I implemented the 360 camera in the first place is so that, especially with a bow, I can concentrate on that shot if I need to. If I don't have time to film, then 360 will get the best it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's been a big, a big help for me with filming. I've never, I've never really felt like filming was a big thing for me. Like as far as my target panic, I felt like it was just more, I don't know, dude, it's just. It's just like every time I do it, I'm always, I always tell myself like, act like you've freaking been here before. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you've killed deer. You've killed a lot of deer. You've killed some it's nice hard. deer. Act like you've been here before. This ain't the first time. And what, so what's some people you get this ahead. some people get this killer instinct, right? And I'm jealous because I used to have it. Where yeah. when when the opportunity comes, it was like they like something came over them and they just got freaking like stone cold killer. They, and they and they focused on it and I used to be that way and I remember I remember telling Michael Pike this one time on a podcast because he was talking about missing a lot and I was like you know what man like I just never really had that problem because <laughs> you know I've I feel like when I get an opportunity I take full advantage of it and it was like from that moment I jinxed myself and I just became that like I just became this I freak out and I I don't know what it is. And, and a lot of it's adrenaline, man. Like I, I know that I, I kind of black out more than anything and it's not good. There's sometimes when I'm like, uh, that Kentucky buck that I shot, bro, I don't know how, I don't know how I hit him as good as I did. Cause I don't remember anything <laughs> about yeah. that shot. That's how my dad is. He'll, he'll shoot a deer. I love it. It, it, this makes great stories for us. He'll shoot a deer, and he goes, "Man, I don't know what it was. It it could have been a spike, a doe. I don't know what it was." And you walk down there, it's a big old eight point, you know. And he's like, "Phew, I, you know, I couldn't tell you what happened." And then, then you wait a couple hours, and then the the real story starts coming out. And I just I love it. But now I, I'm like you. I, you know, I love I love to hunt. And I've gotten that instinct for me has gotten better with turkeys. Um, I've figured out on turkeys, like kind of when I can move and, Hey, control your breath, move slow. You know, he's, he's not going anywhere. He he's coming in looking for me. It's a whole nother ball game when it comes to, to a deer. Um, because you know, they, they can, I mean, turkeys can fly, but a deer, he can, he can smell you, he can hear you, he can see you. You know, turkeys can just really see you and hear you. And if they hear you, you, you actually can get away with more movement, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of different characteristics for the two. But, like, deer, I'm just worried because they're so stinking skittish as it is here. Um, I get so excited. My adrenaline's pumping. Um, I, I had a deer in this year come up behind me and i'm trying to do the camera get him ready you know clip on meantime i've about hung myself in the saddle because i've spun around so many times just trying to get positioned and he ends up smelling me and gets out of there you know and you put all that work into that one little moment and hey could do i think i could have got the shot off if i got my bow pulled back probably not i probably would have shot the tree he was behind you know but it's just that i get I get worked up, man. Uh, I get worked up real bad. And especially like, I know, mean, you've talked about stopping a deer to shoot a deer. Man, that, talk about melting myself. That <laughs> kills. I, I had a deer in Florida that I did the old man, and uh, he stopped and looked right at me. And I just, I, I lost it. I, I should have just thrown my gun at him. I would have been better off doing that. Shot over him two, three times. But uh, just just crazy stuff um, that, like I said, some people don't have to deal with. 
Yeah, and I, I envy those people. Yeah, uh, man, I've I've felt like I've missed my opportunity on that Kentucky buck because I didn't stop him. But I'm like you, I've had I've had days where I've stopped a deer and it ruined the whole hunt. You know, um, man, I. <laughs> I thought I was over that miss. If I'm gonna be honest with you, you were sitting here talking, and I was just sitting here daydreaming about that miss on that big buck this year. <laughs> I thought I was over it. I've had a great turkey season, and so I'm <laughs> kind of been sitting on cloud nine. Now I'm like, well, crap, I missed that dang buck. <laughs> we can start our therapy session after. I after know, I know it, dude. Well, hey, Matt, um, we can wrap this thing up, dude. But I do want to say. Uh, everybody heard the ad that played in this podcast for Join or Die Knives, and uh, we're super excited to have them uh, supporting us. Go support them. Um, they make some kick butt knives. Like, uh, re- so I, I'm gonna say this: I'm used to these knife companies on Facebook, and somebody will message you about buying their Damascus knives, and his name is a long name that you can't pronounce, and it, it always feels kind of scammy, right? And so, uh, my buddy James Moffat, who owns Trailhead Creative, he was like, hey, dude, I got this knife company you need to check out. And so, immediately, a red flag went up for me because I was like, crap, dude, like, knife companies, I just, you kind of get a bad taste in your mouth for them for, because mm-hmm. of social media, because of Facebook. Uh, he introduced me to Brent, introduced me to Join or Die and this company, and they're legit. And they're making really cool knives for a lot of different applications. And uh, we're about to get some and super excited to try them out. Uh, But one thing I know is that they're great dudes and uh, they support what we do. And so we're going to support what they do. Um, So, yeah, go check them out. You can get a discount if you use the code SGHUNT. We're super excited about having Joiner Die on the show with us. And, uh, yeah, we hope to to get them on the podcast here soon and talk a little bit about the company. Um, Matt, you got anything else? before we go i think i think that's it if y'all haven't already um, we already had j bell on last week talking about our patreon a couple guys have joined the marco polo uh, that's getting more interesting as the day goes so if you haven't jump on there we'd love to talk to you absolutely hey guys thanks for listening to this week's episode of the southern ground hunting podcast you can keep up with southern ground hunting by following us on facebook or instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.